Hey, everybody, this is Doug Basham, and you are listening to Live and in Color with Sir Whoopi D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. And today we've got a very special. Hey, 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 hey. What are you doing? Oh, hey. You, yeah, uh, dude. You forgot that I was on here uh, or something. I mean, what's the deal? Oh, my God, y'all. Wolfie D is back. I'm Guess back. who's back? And this is this back is again. my name on it. So <laughs> I'm supposed to be introducing the shit, bro. <laughs> okay, do it your way. Do it your oh, way. Go I'm ahead. just fucking with you. Did a fine job there, Jimmy. Yeah. But yes, I am back. Feeling and everybody, better. yeah, he's feeling better. We got good. What was funny is by the time the show dropped, because we do record ahead, everybody knows that the show dropped, he was fine. But, yeah. you know, you weren't feeling good, man. It's all good. We got it done. You know, Randy is a great special guest host, you know. Yeah. So I appreciate Randy for, for filling in for me there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So let me ask the listener on this one. You know, have we top 10 y'all to death yet? <laughs> <laughs> because me and Jimmy discussed that actually of what we were going to do, you know, every week it's a, all right, what are we doing next week? What are we doing? Yeah. Who, who can we get? Who do we want to get? Who we got? Who, who we'll say no to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, look in your Rolodex. So what's funny is when we're trying to do a show, you know, Wolfie will say like, Hey, let's do this. I'll be like, okay, great. Let's do that. And then also I'll be like, maybe could we talk to him? If you talk to him, you're like, I don't really know that guy. Or yeah. I don't, I, maybe, let's see how it goes. And so sometimes I just have to text him or mail him or email him or whatever and shoot my yeah. shot with him. But the top 10 deal, basically it was over the holidays and we want to keep our top 10s because those are very popular. Thank y'all for listening to them as much as you listen to the other shows and the guests and all that. But, you know, over the holidays, it was difficult to get somebody because everybody's doing their own own thing and busy with their family so we went top 10 heavy but you know i think the next few people if it all comes through the next few people we've got are some stellar stellar episodes so yeah and and today is no different exactly tell them who we got wolfie d oh man my buddy doug basham haven't talked to him in many many years or seen him um so yeah. and we go way back. So this should be a good one. He's been around, done some stuff, man. Hell, I mean, in WWE did more than I did. So he's got some some good stories, I'm sure. He, yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be fun, man. It should be fun. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing is is that dude has done, but y'all have very similar careers, you know. You've done a lot of the same places, you yeah. know, maybe not in the same ways. He is an actual shoot legit nephew of Danny Davis. Yeah. So I'm gonna I wanna play a to huge him. part in uh developing my in ring work. Yeah. So there you go. You know that. Yeah. I always put Danny over. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I want to get out of the way here before we go to Doug is a couple weeks ago, we did top 10 greatest finishers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we had a a listener put on Twitter, Mac Uh 
His his name is Macaronin, and he is at Hizudi Mizark. He's awesome. He shares our stuff all the time. Yeah. He talks. I mean, he's very active with us on Twitter. Him, Eddie Austin, Wayne G, who's the number one Eddie Gilbert expert. Eddie Austin is the number one Jerry Lawler Elvis Presley expert. So. <laughs> It's awesome, dude. We have some great people on there. There's a lot of other guys on there, too, that really help us out. But those three guys really stand out. Yeah. And he asked us this question. I'm sure Eddie's probably asked the same question to himself. He's just more, you know, polite about it, I guess. But he said, how in the hell <laughs> did we miss Jerry Lawler's pile driver on the top 10 greatest finishers? Yeah, it was one that I was... A lot, like I said, I could probably do a whole nother list and it would be completely different. It was just right. at the moment and the way I was thinking and I, I didn't miss it. I, I just, I was like, I don't know if all these other ones are more impressive to me. And yes, Lawler gives a great, great pile driver, probably the best one uh, yeah. in business. Yeah. But I feel like I've also in these other top tens put Lawler up over so much, uh, you yeah. know, right. And and he's right, man. In a way, it probably deserves to be on there. Uh, but also, at the same time, Lawler couldn't do a pile driver without getting disqualified. So it right. wasn't even in Memphis. It wasn't even a legal move back then. You know, you couldn't throw people over the top rope and right. you couldn't pile drive. Right. Uh, so maybe that was part of my thinking. But yeah, man, we deserve a how in the hell on that one. I <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he it was almost immediate too. It was like that you Monday. You didn't. I mean, I I didn't, bro. I missed it. You know. Yeah, no, but I, why? Why? Yeah. I I think in the same direction with you, man. I I I thought of my list, and I went over my list again. I'm like Santa Claus on a top ten list here, checking right. his list, checking it twice, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, I just feel like I don't. I just didn't put it on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it? one of my favorite moves, you know, it, it really is. It's always been one of my favorite moves because of Jerry Lawler. Totally. totally. And, and it's one that I don't, I think I give a shitty pile driver. So I, I never really used it a lot. Also being in Memphis, I'm not, I mean, some people might have the balls to do it, but I, I never used it. And plus, like I said, again, it was an illegal maneuver. So yeah, I just never yeah. used it. Yeah, I mean, hey, here's the thing. You either give a safe one or you shouldn't give one, right? I mean, that's the. <laughs> The two options, right? I it's safe when I just don't like the way it looks. <laughs> no, and I don't. I don't mean you can't. I'm just talking about yeah. if you're if you're talking with a worker and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm right. gonna do the pile driver." I'm like, yeah. uh, or can you? Can you do that? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, it's a. It was just a question, and I thought we should start the show with that. Yeah, that's because <laughs> I wanted to do a little recap from a couple weeks ago. But anyway, yeah, the Randy show was a lot of fun. I will say this. Randy is a lot more intricate on his his details than mm -hmm. maybe you and I even are. Mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, I feel like probably I talk more. Here I am talking more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Randy, you know, Randy's the king of that. And it's yeah. cool to have a guy like that on the show because he's a historian, you know, and okay. you're you're an avowed non-historian, which is okay because right. you were yeah. doing, you know, let right. somebody else remember the details. Right, right, right. <laughs> you did it. Right. So 
anyway, it, Randy was an awesome guest host and a lot of fun. And you know what? And and I said this at the beginning. He did that on a moment's notice, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you're like, bro, I do not feel good at all. I'm probably <laughs> going to the emergency room, this and that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well. I'm thinking, and and this is not like a thing that I've sat and pondered on, but I was like, man, Randy, I wonder if he'll do it. And you were like, text him, see what's up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not I playing. Feel like you would. He's good about that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm <laughs> on Uber Drive right now, but I will do it in a minute. Give me. And he had a top ten. He could have probably had a top twenty. But anyway, yeah. on with the show, brother, 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 Wolfie. <laughs> <laughs> brother D, brother Wolfie D, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Sir Wolfie D, sir. Everybody calls you that. It's funny. Man. That was the first. That was the first name I used it as, and then I just dropped it. I don't know why. Yeah, but uh, apparently a lot of people did not drop it when I did. So no, they love it. They love. All it. right. Well, let's yeah. get to it. All right. We'll be right back after these messages with Doug Basham. Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're back with Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And as we mentioned earlier, I've got a special guest uh, here today that I have not seen or talked to in years, Doug Basham. How are you, buddy? Man, I am good, Wolfie. How are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing well. So, man, uh, let's tell the the listeners. Um, I know what got you in the business, I think. Uh, but what made you want to get into wrestling? Who was your influences? Man, I'll tell you what. Um, I've told the story a few different times because when I do the podcast, that that's all. I, that's the that's the million dollar question. Oh, you know, yeah. That's the first question usually they ask. You know, yeah. and it's always the same. You know, I was. Ever since I was old enough to turn the TV on and understand what I was looking at, I, I was three years old. And you probably have the same similar situation, Wolf. <laughs> I saw wrestling on TV, and, you know, my dad said I, I just stood there, like, right in front of the TV, you know, right in the way. I go, oh, wait, boy. You know, and I just sat there and just watching it. Yeah. And then my dad said every day when I would wake, when I woke up, I'd mm-hmm. go turn TV on and try to, you know, back in the day, man, you didn't have remotes. You had to actually get up and go turn the knob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those old school with the rabbit ears, you had to stand a certain place with one leg oh, up yeah. so you can get reception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of these people don't know about that. No, <laughs> they don't. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, I was sitting there and I would try to turn the channel. And he's like, boy, what are you doing? I'm like, wrestling, wrestling. <laughs> I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> um, so from that, that day forward, man, I was I was hooked and, and a fan of wrestling. Um from from three years old. Oh, what well, made me? 
What what were you watching? Memphis. Uh, it was it, it was the old school mid south stuff. That, that's all, that's all I could get. Yeah, that's gotcha. all I could get when we were there because I lived in a little town little town called Henryville, Indiana. Uh huh. And that, that's one of those towns, man, where you had to pump in the sunshine. That it's I mean it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's BFE country. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you had to run carpet out to the bathroom just so you could have something soft to walk on. <laughs> um, and then, um, so then, you know, getting older and yeah. like a teenager, 13, 14, 15, 16, mm-hmm. you know, they, um, I was watching Jarrett's USWA and uh, they would always advertise their wrestling school in Nashville. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh man, Nashville, that's such a long ways away. And I, I'm, kid i've barely been out of my out of my little town but alone the state of indiana you know yeah that's pretty pretty localizing state i never went anywhere because i was uh-huh. a poor old farm boy working on a farm and stuff mm-hmm. and uh so i was always interested always wanted to do it always wanted to do it but i just never could get down to the wrestling school and, and besides well if you back then yeah. i was six foot two i was 155 pounds i mean right. come on man <laughs> yeah yeah Maybe somebody would look at me and just take my money and throw me around and try and get rid of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, like they used to do. Give me your money, yeah. beat you up, you're gone. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, my aunt, uh, she married or she started dating Nightmare Danny Davis. Right. And then uh, I was always a huge fan of tag team wrestling, period. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was night, the Nightmares. I was a fan of them because they were, they were not real big. Yeah. They were just, they were just good in my eyes. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was a fan then and I thought yeah. they were just entertaining or they were fun to watch. And then she started dating them and I finally met him at a Christmas outing at my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I was, dude, I was so nervous. I was so nervous to go up and talk to him. And man, I went up and introduced myself and like, I was shaking. Like, oh, he's a star. I see him on TV. He's a star. <laughs> you know, I was star, starstruck. And I met him and he, he was such a nice guy. And then, yeah. uh, and a sweetheart of a man. Yeah. And then he opened a wrestling school in Louisville and, you know, that the rest is rest. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's the rest. Of, now you know the rest of the story. Yes. And man, let me tell you, I, I've put Danny over so much on this show, man, talking to different people and just uh, Danny, you know, didn't train me. But being married to him every night working the Memphis Loop. He taught me how to work, you know, he really, really sure. did, man. I, I, of course, I, I mean, I could, I could do the moves, but he taught me how to work, man. G- calling shit on the fly. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. 18, 19 years old. We're doing 15 minute broadways and he's, he's not even blowed up. And I am, I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, Wolfie, it seems like, uh, you know, I'm a head trainer in Ohio Valley wrestling right now here in Louisville, uh-huh. Kentucky. Yeah. And, and I teach old school, the old school way, you know, I, I, yeah. Al Snow owns OBW now. He purchased it from Danny Davis. Right. And, um, I got, I, I got back during the COVID and was helping out and now I'm roped in. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all in 100% yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I was taught by Danny, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. Jim Cornette and then another big name, Rip Rogers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're not going to find a better trainer. I mean, around, he teaches wrestling. He teaches yeah. psychology and storytelling. And, you know, and you, you mentioned something like you got to ride up and down the road uh, with Danny and you're married to him. And, and that's how you learned. Yeah. You know, I think that's one thing that's missing in 
today because there's there's no more. I think we were we were the last generation of guys like that. I think you and I. Yeah. And there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot of us out there anymore teaching these kids how to do all this stuff. If they go out there and do a gymnastic routine now and not listen and call stuff on the flats. Yeah. It's, it's the it's lost crazy, art. man. The way it is. Today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very much so. And, and that's 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 the way I teach in OVW, man. I teach you to call it in a ring. I teach you how to work. Mm-hmm. I don't teach you how to wrestle. You know, you, there's a difference between wrestling and working. Oh, absolutely. And I teach you how to work. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, so yeah, I mean, we're talking on the Wolfie D show here. So was Danny Davis your introduction to the USWA? Is that how you started working there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Danny was ready to start running. He, he had a school, and it was called the Nightmare Danny Davis School of Professional Wrestling. And he wanted to advertise his school. And one of the ways for him to advertise the school is to get one of the students out there on the airwaves. Yeah. You know, Danny was smart. He was a businessman. He, he knew what he was doing. And I, you know, I'm not trying to you know you know blow myself up or anything like that. But you know, um, I I picked up on it really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny, Danny was very hands-on with me in my training and, um, he was not going to let me go anywhere or do anything until he knew I was ready because his name was attached to me. Right. And then when yeah. he, he was ready for when he was, and he didn't want me to get out there and, and yet, so he kept me, kept me pretty, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kept me protected, I guess. Yeah. Kept me un- unseen, I guess, until it was time. And then, you know, and granted, you know, I wasn't a very big guy. Well, if you remember when I first came in, I was skinny, scrawny and, and all yeah. that. But the one thing I didn't have, I had training from Danny and I had Danny's name attached to me, which helped me so much with other guys like Tommy Rich and, and you and Jamie and, and, yeah. you know, Buddy Landell and Dream Machine, Troy Graham, even Lawler and, and Dundee, you know, even those guys, um, because I was Danny's nephew, they kind of looked out for me, you know, Brian Christopher yeah. looked, looked out for me and, and helped me. But, um, so, um, for me to get, you know, Danny helped get me in, uh, the USWA called Randy Hales and said he had a, had a guy who'd like for him to look at. And I don't know if he said it would be a favor or whatnot. I think, I don't think Danny would do that. I think he said, here, take a look at this, take a look at my nephew and see what you think. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, he, he may have talked to Lawler too. I don't know. Um, but you know, I got my shot and I went out there and did the best I could with it. Yeah, and I tell you, man, we we were talking, you know, still about Danny. I, I tell you, after I worked with him for, like I said, married to him every night. Jamie would work Ken Wayne. I'd work Danny. We'd come back in a tag, possibly with the midgets or whatever we were doing, on, you know, like a Buddy Wayne show. You know, we'd work three fucking times, but still make the same shit. But uh, at any rate, man, after I you got paid three different uh, times, didn't you? You got paid three uh, yeah, times, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> called me. Work three times, me. I get paid three times, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Not my buddy Wayne. Man. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Kid. You're lucky to get paid at all. You're, you're, yeah. you're lucky for the experience. <laughs> yeah. And so Danny calls me into his dressing room there in Louisville. And like I said, we've been working for months. And uh, he called me in there, and, and I can't remember if he was fixing to take time off or something like that. But he called me in there and he said, Kid, he said, I just want you to know that it's been a pleasure working with you. You know, and this is my, you know, my break, USWA, you know, first first few months there, whatever. 
And man, I'm gonna tell you, it gives me cold chills when I say it right now, but it brought tears to my eyes, man. He hugged me and just told me how much he enjoyed working with me. It just meant the world to me coming from him. Man, you know, and, and that and that came from his heart the way because knowing Danny the way I know, he, he's not gonna blow smoke up anybody's hindsight, you know. And yeah, so that that was a heartfelt thank you from him. And you know, having sharing that thanks for sharing that story because Danny is he, he's such a wonderful and giving person, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if, if and you you must have been very receptive, obviously, and he could tell that you hopefully that you cared, you, you loved loved wrestling, loved the business, and every aspect of it. Or yeah. he wouldn't have taken the time to want to work with you, teach you, and take the time to, to thank you like that. You know? Yeah, so, kudos to you too, man. Yeah, it was it was a it was a very nice feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, you know, I, I had the pleasure of, of working with Danny. Um, uh, a few times too. And of course that's how I learned. I'm learning to work also. But let me tell you a story about how I learned how to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was trained. I was, I don't know, about three, four months in. And you know, when I first started training, Danny did he, he trained like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Only did I get, I don't want to call it special treatment, but a little more attention from him after I passed the test, so to speak. Right. Because I, I, I went six months before I, before he clued me in on anything six months and I'm sitting there going, man, this ain't right. I don't think something's not right here. What, I mean, this ain't like it is on TV. Something's not right here. <laughs> and I'm talking about my, my private sessions and training. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it, it was rough. It was, it was not fun. I'll tell you that right now. And that was the test trying to see how tough I was and if I really wanted to do it. Right. Cause he, he said to his kid, show me how to, show me how you sell uh, someone hit punch in your stomach. So I said, okay. And I you know, did what I did. He goes, Oh, it ain't bad. And out of nowhere, Wolf, out of nowhere, I didn't see it coming. He punched me in the stomach so hard. I mean, he, he had to have felt my spine. When he hit me that so is hard. it. Oh, I, I think I crapped myself. I may have pissed myself. I don't know. And I went down and I was gasping for air and I could hardly breathe. And I, I pierced my eyes like I couldn't breathe. He goes, now that's how you do it, kid. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he goes, now show me how you sell a hit, uh, hit to the back. I go, no, no, no. No, no, no. I got it. I understand what you mean now. So it yeah, took that it, one time it, for me to understand. This is how you do it. <laughs> and those, those Danny David Danny chops, David man. Ooh. Those chops. Yeah. And you know what's kind of funny is like Gypsy Joe broke me in and he's known for, you know, tough and chops and shit like that. And so he breaks me yeah. in and then my first big angle, you know, big angle is with Danny Davis who throws just as hard as Joe, just a different style. But Ooh, he'll split you open, man. He will split you open. With one. Oh, yeah. He has. Yeah. I promise. Yeah, he, taught me, he taught me how to chop, too. You got to teach me how to do that, Uncle Danny. And go, all right. <laughs> and guess what? I got split open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but I learned. I learned. So, okay, so that's and you know it, he he does the one like some people can't do a good uh, knife edge chop like that. It just it looks awkward. But he gets down, puts his legs into it, and drives mm-hmm. through the hips there, and that's that's perfect. Oh yeah, and you know some people will like. Like um, with you and with off of you and, and yeah, on and like you like you wave it. No, 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 no. <laughs> nope. It's coming in solid. Into you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You you know it's there. <laughs> hey, so you, sell it you know he pretty much he he started the OVW basically. You know it, it. You know he wanted what you were just explaining about his wrestling school. 
turned into what it is now. Did you ever see that coming? I didn't. I knew, well, he had a plan and, um, you know, he wanted me to be a part of OVW. And once I, like I said, once I passed the test and I started learning and he took, uh, extra, uh, care and, and training me. And he, I knew he wanted to start Ohio Valley wrestling. He wanted to do eventual run shows and have a TV program. So I knew that, but I never knew back then. I never knew that it would have turned into what it is today because even what Al Snow has, even though Al Snow has continued, you know, Danny's legacy with OVW and now he's, you know, making it his, yeah. um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of the longest running other than Monday night raw. Well, it's the longest running consecutive TV TV show in wrestling today. Wow. Wow. It, wow. it, it, it even beats SmackDown. It even beats SmackDown. Didn't know that. And I know I never, not, nobody, a lot of people don't know that, but, um, and it right now we've done 1,221 episodes, 1,221 mm-hmm. episodes. And, uh, yeah. this week we have our nightmare rumble on this Saturday, which is on, you can catch it on, uh, this, it'll, it'll be, uh, this this will air after. Dang it! Uh, this, <laughs> this Saturday, final pay per view, Fight TV. <laughs> so, um, well, there's there's a plug, but um, yeah, the um, no, I never did think it would it would turn out what it was. You know, it started out nightmare. Danny Davis School of Professional Wrestling that he created, Ohio Valley Wrestling. You know, Let me ask father. you this: I don't know this part. Okay, so you go to WWE and uh, your your partners damage you. Uh, y'all are the Basham brothers. And then it's like you disappeared from the face of the planet. And I, honestly, I, I think me and you, you know, whatever it was last week when I reached out to you, that's the first time I think I've seen you in, uh, since then. Uh, where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's a very good question, Wolf. <laughs> you know, when we're when we're young, when we're young and dumb and full of you know, yeah, uh, all this <laughs> wrestling stuff, you know, we we don't we're blinded to a lot of things, and yeah. then you know, cause it, for the, we're doing it because we love it, right? Right. And then you get you get someplace and you go somewhere, and you find out that it's not. Everything that was, you know, is cracked up to be even a lot more yeah. to it. Um, right. And I think what happened was with Danny, because after the WWE or WWE run, you know, we tried to go to TNA for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we had like a three-month trial. You know, they, they tried us out for 90 days. We didn't quite make the cut mm-hmm. for some reasons. Uh, I don't really know all the reasons, but we, we just didn't fit the mold there. And then Danny said, I'm done. And I'm like, well, okay, well, man, I, I'll hit you up. I'm going to get some bookings and stuff. He goes, no, mm. I'm done. And, uh, you know, I had that look in his eye. We talked. I was like, oh, my God, he, he ain't kidding. He's really done. He's finished. Mm. He had been it, it, heartbroken. He had been, you know, the other companies or whatever, just sucked the wrestling life out of him. And he doesn't got anything to do with wrestling any, anymore, period. And yeah. one, I've reached out to him over the years to go do stuff. And he, he said, no, man, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I'm done. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And he. he he did that too, yeah. Because I've tried to get him on here, and I can't get in touch with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he he won't do. It. Good luck. He yeah. won't even go out and do things with me, and I, which you know, and he and I are really good buddies. Really good right, buddies. It's like you and Jamie were. You know, we were attached to him. You know, because we yeah. were married to each other. We spent more time with each other. You know this. 
we yeah. spent more time with each other than we did our families, man. And we, right. you know, we knew everything about each other, you know, to coach like brothers. And it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was, it was hard. It was heartbreaking for me to know that, you know, it's something that he, cause I know how much he loved, you know, wrestling and, you know, you, you loved it too, or maybe you still do. Well, I don't know, but, and then mm-hmm. just, just, just to be crushed by going and working for some of these other companies and it, it just draining all the life out of you and just not being what you thought it was going to be. And right. it was, it was always, it seemed like it was always an uphill battle with some of these bigger companies. And, uh, it was it just wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be. And then right. Danny said, I'm done with, with me. I kept, I kept going after TNA. I tried to work a little bit more. I, I did a lot of, uh, overseas, um, work. And cause I, I wanted to travel for a couple of years and I wanted to see how that, how that went. I did right. that. And then, man, I don't know if you, sometimes I do these interviews. I just ramble, man. So if you have a <laughs> question, stop, stop me. But then the, the one thing that I was, I, the money, my, my money traveling was getting less and less. My bookings were getting less and less. And I was starting to come to a crossroads. I said, man, what am I going to do? I got to, I got to figure things out. Right. And then I had a buddy, I was staying with a buddy over there in England. And he said, man, have you ever, that's when the movie, the wrestler came out. Mm-hmm. Did you work? Yep. And I, ne- I never wanted to watch it because I thought it was just Hollywood or people that right. were in wrestling. I didn't know it was as good as it was. That was, right. that was a good damn movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, people ask me, uh, you know, how close is that to the real thing? And I said, as far as movies go, that's that's pretty close. The only, the only thing I say, they should have given me uh, more of a drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely correct, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people don't people don't clap for you when you come to the locker room. <laughs> you know, hey man, good match. <laughs> they don't sit around and clap. That's pretty good. But you know, when I when I was watching that movie, uh, I was sitting there, man, and it really it, it for some reason Wolf, it hit me so hard and I was like, Oh my god, I'm traveling down that road. Mm. I, said, I don't want to travel down that road. I don't want I don't want I don't want this to become me. And um so it took Mickey Rourke took the rest of that movie to make me finally go where this is my last tour. I'm canceling everything else. I'm done. So mm-hmm. when I went back to come back to the States. I hung my boots up, put them in a, in a crate where I have all my wrestling gear and all my stuff still there. Which I had to break back out for OVW. Um, and I hung it up, man. And, and, uh, was, I had landed a lucky break. I had a buddy who was in medical sales and said, Hey, you cut promos like Hulk Hogan and all them guys. Cause that's all they use Hulk Hogan, the Rocky right. promos really well. Yeah. I'm talking to doctors and all that and, and strong arm and the time stuff here. Come, come work for us. I said, okay. <laughs> and I, gave, I gave up wrestling. I had to get a grown up job with. Yeah. Yeah. Those suck. So that's what happened with me. Man. <laughs> yeah. And I In tell you, man, that's what he mentioned in that movie, uh, the wrestler. I, I have a feeling I know which part of the movie you you were probably sitting at a gimmick table with nobody there. Maybe <laughs> that's the part of that movie. Yep. When I see that, I go, "Oh my god, that's because that's a that's a <laughs> shitty fucking feeling right there." Yeah, that was the, that was the part you nailed it. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe you you knew. I mean, that was uh, it. I'm like, trust no, me, that's man. This, that's man, a, not I think all of us that actually give a shit probably 
feel that way. You know, if you you go somewhere, man, that's just not that's a bad bad feeling. <laughs> yeah, we you know we we have we have such we, we care so much and we have such passion. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it, it that's what makes makes things like that hit us so much harder than than anybody else because we care yeah. so much about what we did and what we've done. And we put our bodies on the line, put them through hell and back. I mean, mm-hmm. can, can you can you get out of bed without making a noise? Oh no, <laughs> brother! I've, I've got when you get up out of a chair, you go. <laughs> uh, I got a whole lot of issues right now. <laughs> yeah. A whole lot, bro. I, I'm there too. I'm, mine are not as as much as yours, so to speak, brother. And I, I hope everything works out good for you. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, a lot of issues here, and, and everything is starting to catch up with me. It's like. And it didn't happen until I turned 40, 50 years old now, <laughs> 43, 43 was when uh-huh. everything started really hitting me. Heavy. And I'm talking like joints, dis- degenerative oh, joints, yeah. lower back, neck. Yeah. So yeah. You, you've got in. Yep. Yeah. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South, and I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card, Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at Steve Bowtie Bryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Doug, <laughs> I'm going to dial it back just a little bit because we kind of went forward, but you know, I don't ever want to try to redirect Wolfie. I know he's a train of thought kind of guy, so I let him roll with it. So when it comes down to it, though, I remember you know your your time in the WWE. Now I remember reading. Now I used to, I'm a I'm a Mark. I used to read all the the dirt sheets and stuff, and I would read that part of the reason they broke you up is because they realized you guys weren't really brothers, and they said that. And this is again the dirt sheets and they said well if I know this the people will know this because everybody's being smart I remember there was like the major brothers you know the the Bashams of course you guys then the Casey and Cassidy James which is you know our buddy Cassidy Riley and OVW I know that Vince never really got tag teams in my opinion I mean he almost ruined the road warriors in a sense you know (laughs) so and how do you do that that's a whole other topic but do you remember anything about that being a brother tag team and then them really Realizing, oh wait! If they know, you know, we got to break this up. No, the thing how that came about is um, 
Vince, he, when he wants to do something, he does it right. When mm-hmm. Vince gets mm-hmm. an idea, it's going to get done because it's his yeah. idea. Yeah. And I think they had, you know, you know, in the WWE, whenever you have a tag team there, he, he, he always breaks them up. I mean, right. Name, mm-hmm. Other than the road warriors, name, name some tag teams that stay together. Cause yeah, I think no. Vince believes in market. One person is, is marketability, which I disagree. You've got tag teams that have made a tons of money and people tag teams are just as marketable as, as single entities. Oh, yeah. Vince definitely. always believed that you, you take, you can take a guy who's over another guy who's over and you can put them together as a tag team. You have a tag over tag. Team. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you, you can do that. But you know, so what, what happened when had kind of ran our course with um, JBL in the cabinet and Vince was wanting to break us up. That's this was back when they had uh, um, the, the, uh, the lottery, the draft. Yeah. The first and early draft. Vince, yeah. Yep. Me and Danny were walking down the hallway and I kind of, I kind of got the heads up from JBL because you know, JBL and Vince were pretty tight. And so was undertaker and uh, Vince and I said his name for a reason. I'll tell you in a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Vince stopped me and Danny and said, "Boys, come here. Let me talk to you a second. Here we go. Oh shit, we're getting fired." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> of course, that's that's the first thing you always say, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> so that feeling in your stomach. Danny, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm mean, like, oh god. I mean, Austin and Carlton to you. That's when you think everything's okay. Yeah, you know, because we weren't really in any major storylines. We we're just kind of sitting, just kind of sitting there and waiting for stuff to happen for us and trying to pitch ideas and stuff. So he comes up and he goes, boys, uh, the draft's coming up. Um, Danny, I'm going to send you to raw. Doug, I'm going to keep you here at SmackDown. I want you boys to come up with, uh, come up with something and present it to me. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, hit us, on, hit us both on the shoulders and, and said, all right, go get it. <laughs> or something like that. I can't remember exactly, yeah. you know, basic, you know, get over yeah. And uh, me and Danny looked at each other and we were like, well, fuck. And me and Danny were ready for singles, you know, going to the singles stuff too. We were ready. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was how that came about. Um, I don't know if it was because people didn't believe, you know, that we were brothers and all that. We're seeing through it. I think it's just Vince. Yeah, Got Vince to, is ready yeah. to split a couple of guys up and let's see who gets over. Yeah. Now, what happened? I had here's here's a story. Nobody knows this story. Awesome. Like I said, this story on the podcast. You get an exclusive look. Nice, <laughs> nice. After the reason I said Undertaker's name, and I knew that we were going to get split up as Taker. We were at a house show, and he, mm-hmm. he and then Taker kind of looked out for us. Right, let me let me back it up a little bit more for you. You guys yeah. remember that tough enough deal where the yeah. oh yeah where me yeah. and Danny had to guard the flag. Yeah, right, that was yep. a, that was a shoot. That was 100% shoot. And we were kind of, we did we weren't told, but we knew because we were just sitting on the shelf. They weren't doing anything with us mm-hmm. on TV. They were just, we were just on the road going out there and cause we, cause we could work. We could yeah. work and we had great matches and we could do what was asked of us. So we went out there on, they at least put us on the road and we we're out there putting over whoever we need to be put over. We didn't give two shits what we did because we got paid the same whether you win or lose right right, right. and we yeah. go on go on velocities and in and, and smackdowns or whatever they put people over help advance your storms we didn't get two shits i was happy to be working loved it glad to be doing what i'm doing mm-hmm. so the this this 
opportunity came up with the tough enough because a couple of weeks before Kurt Angle had gotten embarrassed by Daniel Pewter by, by getting almost tapped out. He got key locked in the guys. Remember right. that? Yeah. Yeah. But definitely. in Kurt's, yeah. in Kurt's, in Kurt's defense, he had had a, he had a neck injury and that, right. that arm, he only had about 50% strength in that arm mm-hmm. because there's no way Pewter, there's no way a hundred percent Kurt and hundred percent Pewter would even got close to the, key locking just so you know because kurt was a legit badass oh yes and i got a story about that too i'll tell you about him and brock <laughs> kurt and brock um and i've then, seen um, you go before in the in the ring before the shows i've seen them oh so then, yeah it's 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 almost it's almost scary it's it's awesome to watch it's almost scary like these two <laughs> guys are some bad motherfuckers man <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? these guys yeah. are badass and then um uh then Big Show did that body slam competition, and the guys were popping straight up and just buried and made him look bad. Oh, made him look bad, you know. I don't remember it was, that. It was, it was. You don't remember that? Go uh-uh. back and watch it, and when Big Show slams and they just pop right up, you know, and couple so he's pop right up, and there's like, he's the, the, the um, Big Show is slamming the uh, tough enough contestants, picking them up and body oh, yeah. slamming them. Right, right. It was called the body slam challenge, and yeah, you know the yeah. guys that they didn't, they were, they didn't know, like, they didn't know they were not trained. Uh, and uh, I think Big Show was supposed to go out there and slam them. I mean, throw them through the mat. And yeah. he didn't quite do that. And they popped straight up. So, uh, you know, a couple of our stars kind of got embarrassed a little bit. And then they did some other stuff with the women to try and tone it down. And then they had this tough enough thing and they threw us in there. And we were not told, but it was kind of insinuated. If any of those kids get those flags, <laughs> you're getting your you're getting your notice. Yeah, and y'all look because like the right damn before. road warriors out there, bro. Y'all are jacked to the gills, looking great too. I remember that, and that's where the Miz and Ryback and 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 the Pewter Kid, mm-hmm. all of them were in the ring. Anyway, sorry, I'm cutting you off, but that was I'm getting <laughs> no, fired. <no. laughs> I, I appreciate that, man, because me and Danny, we, we were like we we knew that we had to be in great shape to get a look, and not. Just because we're not on TV or whatever, this is an opportunity for us to try and, and get us jacked and, and look as good as we can. So we look the part when needed, you know, we're, we're ready. Yeah. And, uh, and so we, um, right before, you know, and, and, and you've been there in WWE, uh, well, if you know that sometimes it, before the early in the day, you get in the ring, you kind of walk through your segments and stuff like that. Yeah. So we, we did that with the tough enough kids. So they knew what to do when they came down. And then they, they left and Vince grabbed me and Danny were standing in the middle of the ring. Right. And, mm-hmm. and Danny are like, Hey boss, he goes, boys, and he goes, you see that turnbuckle over that flag is going to be. He goes, yeah. Goes, what's, what's that? What's that symbol on that turnbuckle stand for? Stands for, you know, road wrestling, uh, entertainment. He goes, yep. You're representing us tonight. Don't let him get that flag. <laughs> he says, his exact words, short of killing the kids or putting any one of them in the hospital, yeah. do not let them get that flag. That's, those yeah. were his exact words. Interesting. Yeah. And he left. He left, and me and Danny looked at each other, and we said, we've just been put on notice. 
Yeah. And y'all fought like it too, man. Y'all fought like it too, dude. I mean, seriously. I I remember when Ryback was in there, he was, I mean, he almost got free from you too because I think one of you have his leg and then the other, you kind of get him tied up in the ropes. But he's, you know that dude's stout, right? I mean, he is. And you guys are literally like, he's he just can't move. He's in a hold and he cannot move. It's awesome. I've watched that recently when when Wolfie talked about you coming on. So I'm kind (laughs) of... Well, I mean, it was a straight-up 100% shoot. And for anybody that doesn't know what a shoot is, it means it was real. There was nothing, <laughs> there was nothing entertaining about it other than the fact people were watching and hoping those kids got past us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Danny, Danny, he um, got his orbital bone cracked. He had to set out for a bit. I had uh, uh, my guy hit in the head with his jaw and broke my, broke my tooth and, and cracked my jaw. So I was, you know, it, it Injuries just happens, right? But you know, right stuff like that's supposed to happen. You're supposed to have pads and football helmets on. But so <laughs> yeah. you know, we we uh, and yeah, it was and those a couple of those kids were strong as hell. I mean, strong as hell. And then Wolfie, you 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 rolled around in the ring and, and tried to clinch and sanch and hold somebody down or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, we're we're not trained. We're not trained for UFC fighting, right? right? We're trained for entertaining. Right. Our our stuff is for for show mania and not for go like in the UFC mm-hmm. and dude, after a couple of them strong kids holding them down, exerting all that energy, my arms and Danny's arms, and we we're like noodles, man. We were like, <laughs> that's the only reason, the only reason Daniel pewter got as close as he was is because we were spent. Yeah, we were spent. Hey, you know, while you were talking, I was sitting here thinking, and you you ended up saying it basically, but isn't that the great thing? Like, you, you're a tag team guy. I was a tag team guy. That's the great thing about having a partner, man. When the shit goes down, you, you got somebody else on your side, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got his back and he's got mine. That's yeah. right. We had a plan. Yeah, yeah. Was it the blonde kid that broke the orbital bone on Danny, I think? Because I remember oh, it was God. a spot. Where you were, yeah, you were working hard with that because that dude's like like Thor. <laughs> it's like Thor versus yep. the Bastions in the ring. And it, it, I see a spot earlier on when when he he comes up and he's rubbing his eye and he tells you something in the ring. And I think that was probably it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I, I'm sorry. I've, I went off on this topic because I do, I was hoping you were going to bring up the guard, the flag match, because that was one of, I think the highlights of y'all's time. And another thing though, is you guys got to work the Guerreros talk. About, I mean, how was that, man? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Wolfie, did you ever get to wrestle Eddie? Not Eddie. I've worked Chavo. Chavo. Oh, okay. Chavo is good. Don't get me wrong. He's yeah. good. Eddie. I, I, and, and I mean, no disrespect to Chavo because Chavo is good. Right. Eddie, um, never been in the ring with someone like that. Wow. Best and you ever been in the ring with, huh? He, uh, one of the best I've ever been in the ring with. So good. So smooth. And you know how you traveled up and down the road with Danny and he taught you a lot? Uh-huh. You know, it, I've been in the, I've been in wrestling for 10 years, Wolf. It took me 10 uh-huh. years to make it to the WWE. So I thought by that time, I thought I knew knew my craft. I, yeah. I was very confident what I could do, and I knew I could go in there and go with anybody. Right. I did not know I still had more to learn. <laughs> you didn't know there was another level. <laughs> There's a whole nother level of learning, you know. And yeah. uh, and I, me and Danny, we were married, just like we were married, just like you were to Danny. We were married to the Guerreros on loops, mm-hmm. and them them two guys, 
work taught us so much and work. I got in there and worked with Eddie as much as I could so I could learn and just feel and just listen to him and, and his psychology and his understanding, his way of thinking and in Chavo too. But, mm-hmm. um, I, a whole nother level of learning right. and that coming from me, the guy who thought I, there, I, I, I can do this. I got this. I'm good. No, I was, I was in high school, high school playing pro basketball. (laughs) So he talked about working one of the greatest of all time in Eddie Guerrero. You also worked what I thought might've been the most hyped yet never worked out. I mean, this dude, if you drew a wrestler on paper and I just said, Wolfie D, you're a great artist, draw Uh this, 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 and this, and you come up with Nathan Jones, man, tell me what happened. (laughs) Talk about Nathan Jones. Why did he not work in your opinion? Um, well, as a guy who been in the ring with Nathan Jones, it's scary. Uh, It's scary because when you look at him and you talk to him, it's, you look at him in his eyes and you're like, is anybody in there? <laughs> but a sweet, a sweetheart of a guy, you know, okay. and I, I considered him a, an acquaintance, you know, no issues, nothing whatsoever. But, um, when I, I did a, did a dark match with him and we were putting it together and Sergeant Slaughter was our agent and Sergeant came and said, that got Nathan, I need you to, you know, you know, put him over and protect yourself. <laughs> I was like, Sarge, what do you mean? What do you mean by the, the protect yourself? He goes, I got you. I'll take care of this. Okay. Uh, Nathan was wanting to do all this stuff. He wanted me to, he wanted to have me on the outside of the ring, uh, on the other side of the rope, on the apron. He wanted to grab me by my throat and then just toss me over his head and <laughs> me take a bump. And, and I was like, I've never done that. Um, <laughs> have you have you ever done that? And I was yeah. looking at Sarge and Sarge Sergeant Slaughter put the kibosh on that. And I was like, oh my god, no! Thanks, I Sarge. Said, I hope that he does not do that on his own if he just grabs. Yeah. But you know, he was easy to work with, very intense, um, and um, a, a good guy. He just was yeah, just a uh, scary. I guess. Yeah. Guy going to snap. <laughs> Jimmy Dotson. That was the. Taker's friend that was the security guy for WWE that passed away. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he was the guy with the the backwards b- yeah. hat, the Kangol hat, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and, and and he was one man. Uh, Doug, he picked me. Up. This is before he started doing that. Before he got the easy gig, he he tried wrestling, and uh, man, you know, he was buddy with the Harris brothers and 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 all that. He grabbed me. I'm sitting on my butt now, okay? I'm selling, sitting on my butt. He grabs me by each side of the head, like by my ears, but but in a like palms the side of my head, and just mm-hmm. I didn't help him. He just picked me up and threw me like that. <laughs> by the head. <laughs> oh my god. That son of a bitch oh was god. strong, dude. <laughs> oh man. Brother, that's when you take a bump, you roll out and just go straight to the back. (laughs) 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 He looked like the referee. Yeah. 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 Nathan Jones was just a strong man. He he did those strongman competitions, stuff like that. And, and just, just, just stupid strong. And then, um, why he didn't work out. I mean, we were on a, uh, we were on a tour, uh, a long tour. And then we ended in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And he was just getting like really bad homesick. He wasn't having fun. He he was really 
when I saw him a lot, he would just stay to himself in a locker room and just, just sit there and not be very sociable, which again, scary. Yeah. And then when we went to get on the plane to come back home from uh, Australia, he never got on the plane. He stayed. Yeah, oh, he, he just, did. Just, he just kind of walked away from it. He's like, while we're here, but, uh, I'll just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> you go home, mate. I'll stay here. Oh, here's, <laughs> here's a story for you. Nathan Jones story. Because, uh, you know, I, I was, <laughs> uh, you know us, Wolfie, we're, we're wrestlers. We're, we're, yeah. We have weird personalities. And sometimes <laughs> we curse ourselves for having, you know, weird and different personalities than everybody else. So we're yeah. on, we're going on this trip, right? We're going on this trip across overseas, going to Australia. I think it was a long trip. We went to Hawaii first, then uh, Japan, then Malaysia, then Australia. It was a uh-huh. long trip, a lot of flying, but I loved every minute of it. And I was making money and I was doing, working and doing my dream job. How many people get to do their dream job, Wolf? Right. Not many, so I had no complaints. <laughs> but anyway, we're on, we're on a flight and we're, we're flying from, I think we, we left Hawaii and had to go land in Russia to refuel which made no sense to me, but I, I'm not flying a plane. And I'm sitting next to Nathan. I take the opportunity. There's a seat open by Nathan. I said, I'm going to sit next to Nathan. And I said, hey, hey, mate, can I sit by you? I said, sure, mate, have a seat. So, you know, and we just talked a little bit. And then uh, <laughs> um, it was getting it was dark, you know. I was like, oh, man. I'm, uh, he, he popped something in his mouth. I go, oh, man, what's that? A, is that a mint? <laughs> he goes, no, mate, it, it's Ambien, mate. It helps you sleep. You want one? I go, oh, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't normally do that, but yeah. I did this time because I was on a plane, cramped up, and I wanted to go to sleep. Right. So I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I, I pass out and fall asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I wake up because the my my tray is mm-hmm. slamming up and down, bam, 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 bam. And I, I, I wake up, and then I feel like, you know what, what it's like when you go um, – well, you're going down a hill on a roller coaster and then it it barrels up and it goes up right. like you come out of your seat and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this plane this plane was falling four and five hundred feet at a time because of turbulence because we were going through a blizzard, right? Oh my god. And the pilots were doing they said we're lucky to keep that uh, the wings on the plane. Wow. And I, I, I turn I'm sitting next to Nathan Jones, right? And this plane, um I'm like, are we gonna are we gonna die? <laughs> and I turn and look at Nathan, his eyes Looked like about to pop out of his head. He was already pale white. He was even whiter, and he had a death grip. He was white knuckling the, the sides of the we layer on the armrest, and just sitting there not saying a word. And I'm like, this this guy's gonna he's he's gonna snap. He's he's gonna snap. Oh yeah. my god! And I'm sitting by him. He's gonna snap. And then I just fell back to sleep. That's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> buddy so let me tell you something man i was coming uh into nashville one night it was on a late flight coming back home and uh in nashville there there was actually like uh tornadoes and stuff or whatever so we had to hover up above the storm until it passed and all that stuff <laughs> dude and, and it, it was lightning and the turbulence was so bad but i mean it was, it was the the lightning was lighting up the the plane basically like you could just you know see brightly all of a sudden in there and uh man the turbulence was so bad i'm telling you people were holding hands praying all kinds of mess it was and i'm dude i i don't like heights and i really don't like flying that well but you know you don't have a choice when you're you know working uh for vents and stuff so you just do what we do yep yeah it was it was uh terrifying <laughs> but uh, I, I made sure you, I had, you feel my pain on that 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I, no. I was like, Throw you Nathan though, but... Jones sitting next to you in that. Right. Me? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Nathan, that's my arm, not the armrest. <laughs> Breaking my arm. <laughs> One thing I've got to ask you, because you've kind of gone full circle with things. You know, you started OVW or USWA OVW with Danny, but then now you're back working in OVW. One of the guys that I've seen that you've been kind of inner working with a little bit, and I want to get him on the show in the future. I've talked to Wolfie about it, is Jack Vaughn, man. I love that gimmick. I love those videos that he's doing, those little shorts where he's like indie wrestler versus pro wrestler all have you seen those wolf oh the the one where they the, yes 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 uh, i've seen yeah. that i didn't know that brilliant. was an rwg guy though yes yeah yeah talk about brilliant. jack <laughs> well you know I, I i didn't know who jack was until he came to ovw about a year ago right yeah and yeah. then sitting back and kind of watching him work he, he does remind me of an old school worker the way he works in the ring and, and the way he talks his promos and stuff and he's he's got a, he's got a really good mind on him too mm-hmm. in his thinking and um, getting to know him even even more. You know, <laughs> I really like the guy. He's the kind of guy I'd hang out with. You know, it's not a whole, we don't say that about a lot of guys in wrestling, Wolf. Right? You know, there's <laughs> right. guys you would hang out with. And there's guys you would. <laughs> yes. He's one of those guys that I would hang out with. And uh, yeah. the stuff yeah. he's doing on TikTok, that uh, this is something you got to find your niche. This is what's put him on the map. Yeah. Yeah. He's been wrestling for quite a while. And who, who's Jack Vaughn? Now right. he's on a pl- he's on OVW platform, being seen on Fight TV around the world, and now he's got these TikTok things coming out. Over, yeah, he's yeah. over with me anyway. <laughs> I love the gimmick. I love the brilliant. Yeah, I love the lessons he talks about throwing the clothesline properly instead of scraping your knuckles on the ceiling because the guy didn't get down far enough. I love all that. That I mean, Wolfie knows I've complained about that from the start as far as current yeah. wrestling goes, you know, telegraphing of moves and stuff. But anyway, I like how you said. I like how you said, Doug, that <laughs> we don't like to hang out with people. I was watching a, a stand-up comedian on Netflix, and he says, he says, I'm I'm like 50 years old right now. He said, I'm not taking applications for new friends, buddy. (laughs) 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 He was, he was saying that he was, uh, he was somewhere like at a, uh, for his kid or something. And it was like the other dads and stuff. Hey, on Thursdays we go bowling and all this kind of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a rain check on that. (laughs) Yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you there. (laughs) Yeah. The application process is closed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Funny man, yeah, hundred percent. But Jack Vaughn's so, brilliant, man. Um, my favorite one that he does on those TikTok things is the thigh slap. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we, we get, and when he gets in there, we go, and he gets in there and we'll mess around in in, in the, the ring a little bit, and well, hey, where's the thigh slap? He'll be running ropes and then hit the ropes and I slap his thigh and just do still silly stuff like that, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he's over. He's over with me. Yeah, he's over with me too. I, I think he's going to be increased. Yeah. So tell us, how is the health of OVW right now? How is it in your mind? You know, maybe I, I don't want to put you in a position to where you don't want to say something negative, but out of 10, like one through 10, where would you say OVW is right now as, as it is? I would say, and I'll give a very honest, um, an honest judging of it. Um, I've seen a lot, uh, and before I give the, um, number I, I've seen a lot of growth just in the two years that I've been here. I've seen a lot of growth. Not, I'm not going to say it's because of me, not at all. Sure, but um, a lot of growth in uh, the guys, their work, 
And the, one of our main issues, which, you know, we, Al says this all the time, and I totally get it and understand it. We have to go to war with the army that we have. Yeah. And one of our, one of our main issues, and, and Al knows, we know this, is our, our production. Sometimes, you know, it's, it, we have our, we have our gremlins, we have our issues, and we just have to fix it and keep moving forward. Yeah. Because we don't have these million dollar budgets like AEW and WWE and, and even even like your MLW and stuff like right. that, you know. Right. We have guys holding the camera that are training to be students. Yeah. We have guys yeah. up on the switchboard that are training to be students. Yeah. You know, and they don't we don't always get the best camera angles. We miss stuff and we do the best we can. And you know, if we had a professional production crew that came in and filmed everything and, and did everything for us. I think the OVW would go from about a, a six and a half to a seven to a 10. Okay. That's awesome. You know, yeah. I think if we can, if we can get, if, if our production, we can just fix some of those issues we have, cause we have sound issues. Now, sometimes that's not always on us. That's on the, uh, the, uh, fight TV or the WBNA. They, they have technical issues too. Yeah. And, uh, but in, in a perfect world, man, if we could have that, because it, it's frustrating when you're in the back and I'm on the headset and shit just doesn't go right. And you're like, God, damn, <laughs> it's not, what, yeah. what, what are you, I'm sitting here in, in the gorilla. <laughs> I'm yelling up, I'm yelling at people upstairs. They can't hear me, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm sitting here frustrated because we care and it's passion. I want it to be perfect. And it's not right. like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Alex yeah. sits there with his, he sits there too. His hands are in his head and he's shaking his head. He goes, why do we even, why do we even have production meetings? <laughs> <laughs> the two of us here that know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that's where we are, man. I think, and that, that's a, that's a super honest evaluation, my super honest evaluation, but I'm, I'm glad to be here and be here at OVW. And you said full circle and, uh, it is, it is full circle. I started here and this mm-hmm. is where I'll, this is where I'll end. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's it pretty is, cool. dude. It is. I agree. I just want to uh, say thank you for coming on, Doug, man. It's been great talking to you, man. I could sit here and probably, I mean, you could probably talk for the next, you know, three hours or something. Uh, oh. and I'd love to. Yeah. But unfortunately, I need to go get my ticker checked at the, at the cardiologist. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to have to get going here. Get but thank you, man. Do you have any social media stuff you want the people to know about? Any merch? Yes, absolutely. I do. I'm so glad you let me, let me get this out on the airwaves, man. Um, <laughs> because I have just recently found out, found that if you're going to do this and you want to stay relevant or <laughs> up with the people, you yeah, need yeah. to get on the gram. You got to get on the Instagram. So I oh, have yeah. just recently got on the Instagram. I'm posting stuff. I'm trying to be entertaining. I'm trying to get little tidbits about this and that and people who yeah. I am, who I am at home and, and my, my, my personality. Um, you can find me. It's, it's the Doug Basham, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, I guess, I don't know. That's how you, is that how you find people on Instagram? See, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Find people. yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. The Doug Basham. And mm-hmm. then uh, of course I'm on Facebook too. You can hit me up on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to keep people updated with what I'm doing. Uh, entertain, entertain the troops, you know, and, with that being said, you know, you can watch you sometimes. And I, I, I've even stepped back in the ring, Wolf. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. And I was just getting ready to yeah. tell you, man. You, you look great, by the way. I know I sent you that message, and I told you that. But just on the air, I'd like to you, – you look great, man. Better than I've ever seen you look, so. But thanks, man. I appreciate that. And it's not easy at 50, bro. 
I hear you, buddy. But, I just turned 49. <laughs> I know you said 49. You said, wait, you're older than me? I'm like, yeah. No, I thought I was, I was like, way older than you. <laughs> I feel like I was in the business fucking 10 years before you came along. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the business 10 years before I came along. <laughs> <laughs> well, how old were you? In, what what year was that? What year was that that you started? I started in uh, 92, I believe. It's when I first stepped into the ring. Okay. I just, I got a few years on you when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Doug. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone out there listening to us. Y'all are doing great for us. Uh, We're going to come back in just a moment with Jimmy's favorite part of the show. Current affairs. (laughs) DJ hit the music. (laughs) It's a current affair. It's a current affair Love it in color It's a current affair All right, we are back with Current Affairs And today, we've got some good ones, Wolfie D Now, I know I've said in the past Current Affairs can get a little thin But then they all happen all at once So, the biggest one One of the bigger ones I'm going to start with Was Hacksaw Jim Duggan handled, might I add, very thoroughly a home invader with his, you know, dirty hairy reenactment with his 44 Magnum. And what do you think about Hack? Can you imagine, not not to say that you would ever break in a home, but can you imagine breaking breaking in a home or coming in a home and seeing Hacksaw Jim Duggan there? And you're like, (laughs) nope. Especially if you knew who it was. Oh, God. Yeah. But you got to think on that too. Could it have been... Could he have been targeted and the person knew, you know, his health and he's not the right. of the 1980s. Maybe they thought oh, I could whoop him, yeah. you know, but they yeah. didn't know if they was going to look down the barrel, did they? No, they didn't. And what, it was a weird story, man. It was like the dude was running from a neighbor and. He came into Hacksaw Jim Duck. Like it was almost like a non home invasion. And give, that's the way. Give the, because I read it, I, I skimmed over it or something. And just for the people that are listening that don't know the full story, go ahead and tell them what happened. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what he said is he lives on a long stretch of dirt road, mm-hmm. probably out in the country of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he says there's a few homes down from him, and that apparently there was a dispute at the furthest home away. Mm-hmm. And the guy is literally running from home to home. And he was the only house with their lights on. He had Christmas lights on and all this stuff. And the guy starts beating on the door and uh-huh. like, Hacksaw's like, what's up, you know, and he's beating on the door, beating on the door. And what ends up happening is, is he basically comes in the home and he's like, help me, help me. These guys are going to kill me or whatever. And I don't know if it was drugs, money, probably a little of both from what he was running from. And Hacksaw basically, you know, he, he, he. Put aside the two by four and brought out the four by four, as in forty four Magnum. And he said he 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 actually kind of felt bad for the guy once he got the story and stuff. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know, man, but interesting stuff. I, I guess you're right. If you would have, I mean, can you imagine going in on his prime, dude? He would have beat you all over that. You know. But. Are you feeling lucky, punk? Oh. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> oh my god and then put his tongue like that while he's looking at you <laughs> his little thumb in his waist you know? yeah. 
<laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, y'all don't home invade hacksaw. He, it's not going. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to work out good for you if you invade <laughs> hacksaw. Don't home invade. Period. Let's just say that. How oh, about yeah. just That's stop all that shit? One of the most fucked up things that and carjacking. I just feel is like, I mean, crime in 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 general, but just shit like that, man, is so personal and it's like damn can i not feel safe in my own fucking home or my own yeah yeah dude they'll steal them at the at the gas tank they'll have like somebody pumping the gas yeah and you, you leave especially with these keyless car starts now where you don't have to have a key yeah it's nuts man anytime you're in the city i'm always you know i got a whole other story about that something happened to me and michelle down in charlotte it's not cool yeah. but anyway we'll talk about that on another show so th- there is a lot there to talk about today so the we'll other one on the uh we'll we'll talk about that on the top 10 carjacking show top 10 carjacking Oh, man. I only have one so far. So (laughs) actually, I have two. Oh, my God. We'll get into that. All right. Anyway, on a somber note, Don West of TNA announcing fame and Ken Griffey Jr. trading card fame has passed away at 59 of lymphoma, man. Talk a little bit about Don. Don was just super, super cool, man. I obviously met him at TNA. They told me he was a, a home shopping guy. And, you know, I'd, I'd never watched that. So I didn't know really who he was, but got to know him. Uh, he actually, when I lived in Nashville, he didn't live too far from me. So, you know, I'd been out and had a few drinks with him before, um, at a local little in between spot of us there. Yeah. And man, I tell you, man, today I'm also, but man, Don West, uh, and I always thanked him for this, man. He used to put me over and I think it, like Mike Tanae's seen a lot of people and called a lot of shit, you know, and this was sure. new Don. And so he almost, it came away so genuine the way he would talk about a person or whatever. And yeah. he put me over as just being so scary and so crazy. And so, you know, just, he would, uh, even one time he's like, I think this slash is like the most improved guy on the raw, you know, just, he always put me over with his commentary, man. And I That's really, appreciate awesome. it. and then people don't realize, man, uh, along with the referees and other things, the commentators, you know, can make you or break you sometimes. So Definitely. I was always grateful to him for that. And it's, uh, I'm sorry to hear of his passion. Yeah, man. And dude, you know that that feels good too when you when somebody like that is is vouching for you on that level. And I know what you mean because he's kind of a new guy. He's he's getting his feet wet. He doesn't necessarily know everyone per se. Right. And you're right. It comes across as a straight up genuine thing. You know, whether if somebody knows you're they're just trying to do their job to get themselves over and they'll say that about anybody versus, you know, that case right there. That's awesome, man. Exactly. Yeah. Rest in peace, brother Don. All right, so the next one, this is the third of the four. The fourth is the biggest, but the third is pretty big. Mandy Rose, WWE NXT, WWE superstar Mandy Rose, was recently fired uh, at the very beginning of the year or at the end of last 2022 because of her fan time or OnlyFans account. It's it's mm-hmm. something, it's not OnlyFans, but it's something very similar. And basically, mm-hmm. on that, she was in a swimming pool, swimming around, and apparently she was topless and there was some kind of ethics violation in her contract, essentially where she was, you know, some sort of it was a contract issue where she was in breach of contract for doing something like that is is a breach. Of, so here's the thing, man. You know, I, I get both sides, but I, that kind of sucks because, yeah, I mean, yeah. 
It absolutely does suck. And like you just said, I, I get both sides too. And I think didn't it have something to do with like, uh, I don't know why Mattel is popping into my head. Uh, I think I saw that name somewhere. And, you know, the big companies like that, they have ties with sponsors and people that yeah. make games and the figures and all right. that shit. So you got to kind of uh, appease them. Um, I also wonder if she did it not knowing um, maybe firing was a bit harsh, uh, but damn, man. I mean, it, I saw some numbers also too, and I don't know this for sure, but maybe the girls aren't making as much as the guys at the same kind of level or whatever. Right. And you can make that money on there, whatever. This is 2023 now. Yeah. And you know, yeah. if you're going to tell me, cause I saw this on the news the other day, you go tell me that a high school, I think it was a high school in Canada can have a man, uh, a born a man, um, dressing like a woman with absolutely oversized cartoonish boobs, uh, right. teaching your kids shop. And then the kids aren't allowed to basically like laugh or take pictures I saw. And so it's created this whole thing. That's okay. But a beautiful chick can't expose her titties on a uh, website or whatever. That's a paid site that someone would have to pay to see. Yeah. These kids have to pay to go see this shit. Right. They just, just take on that. You know, we don't like to get too political and shit like that on here, but people have absolutely lost their fucking minds. Yeah, they're out of their damn minds. You're exactly right. It's a it's a weird world, but I'll just give you these examples because I'm going to kind of divert the conversation here a little bit. Yeah. Sable, Sonny, China, yes, yes. Terry yes. Runnels, Tori Play Wilson, <laughs> Stacy Keebler, mm-hmm. Trish Stratus. What do they all have in common? Yeah, Playboy. They pose nude, and I'm talking full on nude for Playboy. Yeah. Under yeah. the guy, it was like a deal for the women back in the day in WWE. Right. You know, hey, right. part of the deal is you're in Playboy. Right. Now, uh, homegirl's making a little money on the side because I think there's like 500 a year is what she's making versus, you know, somebody like, no, a lot of people are like, my God. But you guys don't understand all the costs that it comes with that, too. They're not necessarily, you, you, you're getting your rental cars, your rooms, and all that. And you're playing. Right. I don't know what the health insurance deal is and stuff, but there's a lot of other costs that are not included with being a WWE superstar. Now, again, and, you're still and also, saying, and also, not just that, is that you get hurt, you're done. They're not paying you no more. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And so there you go. So anyway, well, the cool thing, and I think she's the ended up the winner of this. Now, again, if she continues it, it's a great thing, but she made a million dollars in December. I, I think she'd be a fool not to continue it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. You got to choose that one. She'll <laughs> end up somewhere. AEW yeah. pick her up. They're going to, you know. Yeah. They need women in their division anyway, so it'll work out. So, all right. So, speaking of AEW, this is the big one, and I can't tell if it's fact, fiction, or something in between, but there is a big deal going on between Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, and a wrestler named Max Caster. So, basically, the, the it all started out with another team that kind of ripped off PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> They're called the Acclaimed, and they come out rapping. And this kid's actually good, man. He's got some flow. He always writes something about his opponent or what he's about to do. He right. actually, he's like peeing news if it was, if the guy could rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And he comes out, and he's talking about Kurt 
and, and like Jeff, st- they're working against Jeff and Jay Lethal. And mm-hmm. he's like, Jeff and Kurt and Karen and all this stuff. Kurt comes on there and he's like, you know, this, this, and this. He's playing into it on the Twitter account. Then Karen goes in and says, well, Kurt, I can name Kelly Kelly and all these other women yeah. you cheated on me with and stuff. And this is all allegedly, we don't know if it's a real or fact. But here's what Jeff said on his podcast, because, I, you know, and I, I'm going to shut up and let you talk. But this yeah. is this is what Jeff said. So the whole that I'm stealing Kurt Angle's wife that is kind of a generation removed, I want to kind of set the record straight here. And this is completely with all due respect. I've kept my mouth shut for 10 or 12 years for two reasons. Kyra Angle and Cody Angle. They're old enough now. They know the absolute truth, but me stealing Kurt's wife is the furthest thing from the truth. The fact of the matter is that when we hired Kurt Angle and I say we, me and Dixie Carter, because she's part of the story, they, Kurt and Karen, were legally separated. They weren't living under the same roof. Enough is enough. We're 13 years removed from this and I'm sure Kurt is. I would assume he's sick and tired of it because he tweeted and tried to get in AEW business and he tweeted and that's why I said I wanted to address this he Mm -hmm. tweeted and when you got to use my name to get your heat after 12 years Kurt Angle if you think I need your name to get heat after 12 years you're delusional Kurt I am (laughs) sick and tired of my wife having to go through this pain I'm literally sick of it Conrad you know he was talking to Conrad on his show you know the names I'm not going to say the names I respect that the past is the past look there's a lot of disasters marriages it happens all the time but for max caster to pour gasoline on my wife i'm done with that i am so done with that and i'm not done because everybody's gonna say wait a minute y'all work the storyline and this and that yeah here's the real situation yeah i got sent home and the whole world including max caster thinks oh yeah you got sent home because of that whole disaster and bubba the love spanger or whatever that was no the fact of the matter is dixie carter for the third time pulled a power play she tried the first one during my wife's illness the second one was about 12 months later the third one was during this and i gave her the rope to hang me she went for her father and oh we can't have this she didn't give two shits about kurt angle she wanted to power play to run the tail oh yeah and you know what that's exactly what happened and in 24 months she put the company in a financial death spiral so her power player put essentially out of the business Vince Russo's absolutely a part of this. Vince's whole plan was to go along with it. He knew damn well the Kurt and Karen situation. He knew absolutely all of it. He sat on the sidelines just like Kurt was. We're going to let Jeff sit home. Guess what? Jeff's just trying to put his life back together. But let him sit home because Vince Russo's plan was, I'll get Jeff out and I can write the show by myself. Little did she know, Dixie Carter and I was at the original lunch, hired Hulk Hogan. So then Vince Russo had to answer Hulk. Then Eric, Bruce was a part of that equation. The running joke for six months in 2010 was, well, Russo tried his power play along with Dixie, but look what happened to him now. I'm absolutely sick of the BS of my wife. I'm defending my wife. I'm absolutely sick of all the crap. Max Caster, you crossed the line, pal. You have no idea the can of worms you've opened. None. A receipt is coming Wednesday. I assure you that. I mean, dude, he just here says, you're damn right I'm 55. What 55-year-old can get hired? I look better than you today at 55 than you'll ever look in your life. I damn sure work better, but that ain't saying much. I'm going to get to the fraud you are in a minute. But you want to talk about how me being relevant, global force gold? Hey, I've made a lot of screw-ups. It was a marketing initiative, and I've paid well for a startup company. Maybe the presentation sucked, but you want to take pot shots of young punk like you, Max? Are you out of your freaking mind? I mean, you think... 
doing the tweets and doing the posts and doing the raps and all that BS, Max, I assure you, pal, you have no idea what you've done. None. So now I've cleared it all up. Anyway, he went off. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, again, it's one of those things where, you know, personal angles draw money. Yeah. I don't know if this kid, if, you know, this was intended for him to say that. Um, But at the same time, I think so many of the young guys uh, basically believe their own gimmick. And, you know, and it's like, I I don't like, you know, that I don't like the listeners know I don't like uh, all the the Twitter uh, banter back and forth. I think right. it, I think save it for the show because nobody really gives a fuck, and the only people that are listening to that or looking that up are the diehard fans, not the mainstream fans. They don't have any idea that any of this is going on. Right. But EW caters to those type of people, so you got to think about that end of it, and uh, it's just hard to say unless you're because uh, it's kind of. It, I think I've said this to you before. I think some of this Twitter shit is a new way of cutting a promo off the show, but I, I don't, I don't like it, but I do think it's a way of working angles right. uh, by, by, by way of social media. So I don't knowing Jeff, man, it's, I think it's probably a work uh, okay. because I don't think that first of all, I feel like Jeff would have enough stroke and enough respect that if that's the case, man, th- that dude would have just been gone. Right. They'd have fired him, you right. know, if it was right. that big fucking deal. And for him to say, you got an ass whooping coming. Right. Okay. Where's that going to be in the ring where you're working at? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's an angle, but unless he beats him up on the street somewhere for a shoot, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't see that happening either. I just don't see Jeff bringing his family into the mix unless it was a work. I mean, he said his wife is <sighs> said the kids names, all that shit. And yeah. You know, if if uh, if Kurt comes in, it, it, we'll we'll know it's a work. Totally, or totally. it could be like I said, a shoot turned work. Right, Don't. partly truth, partly fiction kind of deal. Yes. You yeah. know, and and I mean, I agree with you, man. The one thing I'll say is it almost veered left because Kurt tweeted something about it, and it's almost like. I don't know if Jeff was like, hey, Kurt, shoot something out about this. Yeah. I don't know how tight they are, if they even talk right. or whatever. But, I don't, you know, Jeff had a really good gimmick going with his it, – and it's all about podcast numbers and the, the – so these – see, the thing is, is, you know, you and I, we our show sits around the 50 mark, 40 to 50 mark mm-hmm. on average. And that's kind of where the normal shows are. The the, the Conrad shows basically all fight for the top spot. and. Yeah. So Jeff's show shot up high whenever the Ric Flair's last match deal was going on. And he kind of did a half worked shoot show where he and Conrad were kind of arguing with each other a lot. And there yeah. you know, Conrad's going to take Rick's side and Jeff's going to work and do his side and stuff. And I almost feel like it's part of a podcast kind of gimmick. And it's, so it's like a two part thing. He's trying to get his podcast to shoot up number, number one. Right. So people are listening to it. Right. And, and Conrad is known for that. And honestly, it's funny that, that, you know, something that you think is more of a 
a shoot type deal in a podcast interview, they're now trying to work spots in the in the podcast now too. Right. So I don't know, but anyway, I, I mean, obviously, I want us to be in the top ten. We don't have any kind of financial backing. We do yeah. rely on listens and and stuff like that. Y'all to download the show, and we greatly appreciate that. Keep that up. We, yeah. you know, we're, we thank y'all so much on that. But with that being said, I think you're right. I think it's more angle than shoot. But at the same time, maybe there's just a little bit of truth in there to make it, you know. Yeah. Believable, think, so. you know, and, and this is a, where I'm going to I'm going to veer just a second and say thank you, because I don't I don't think that the people really understand like to be in that 50 spot is pretty damn good because they they only rank 200 out of thousands, so thousands literal to hold that spot without the the financial power that some of the bigger names have behind them, man, that yeah. says a lot about our listeners and uh, I guess the job that me and you were doing at this. So thank I you, do. everybody. Yeah. Thank yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, and I've said it before, brother, you know, it's not like I necessarily was like throwing darts at a board and said, Hey, I want to start a podcast with a wrestler. You know, <laughs> I had had the idea to start this with you and I just never enacted it probably for like a year. And I wish I would have started earlier, but maybe it wouldn't have worked the same way. I can't question that, but you know, I'm happy where we are, but I'm obviously always striving for more. So at the same time, we do thank y'all so much for listening to the show it really means a lot when y'all are interactive with us too and you let us know hey i enjoyed this or hey you know and you know what's cool man or hey like, how the hell did you miss a pile driver <laughs> yeah or people even said this and this should make you feel good wolfie d somebody yeah. posted i think bob posted he said hey it was a good show but it wasn't the same without wolfie d and we all know that yeah, everybody you know it does. It means a lot to hear that because obviously the A team is right here. You know, Randy helped us out because that's the kind of guy Randy is. And that shows numbers are doing exactly what we expected on them. Not a drop in anything. And we appreciate that. But we, we both team, know that. The A yeah. team here has the uh, Titans mentality. When a man goes down, the next man steps up. The next man. We brought Josh Dobbs in. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's it for current affairs, man. I, I, I know I went a little long on that one, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the Jeff Kurt deal. Yeah. So, but anyway, Wolfie, take us out, brother. All right. Thanks again. Thanks to Doug Basham and, uh, all the listeners, and once again, tune in next week for Live and in Color with Wolfie D and his co-host, Jimmy Across the Street. <laughs> And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts.
That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak. And each week, you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders, along with informative, entertaining, humorous, and insightful discussions, and most importantly, a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do, then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh yeah! So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Second, 
secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. And remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Lay low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straighten knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Then I'm driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.